You're listening to the Visibly Fit Podcast. Hey, I'm your host, Wendy Pett. And every week, I'll give you holistic, practical solutions for everyday issues related to nutrition, healing, functional fitness, and behavior modifications. As a naturopath, fitness expert, and wellness coach for over 20 years, my goal is to empower you to reach for greater health and to rise up to your next level of living in mind, body, and spirit. You were created with greatness in mind. It's time to own it. Are you with me? Then let's dive in. Hello, and thanks for tuning in to this episode of Visibly Fit. I'm your host, Wendy Pett. I say often, your health is your true wealth. And that's what today's show is all about. And we have a perfect person that I get to interview today. Her name is Christina Wise, and she is just a lovely woman. She is a real estate mogul millionaire coach and creator of several multi-million dollar businesses. And she's also an international speaker and the award-winning author of the Amazon bestseller called a book called Falling for Money, a romance novel for your bank account. She was also named one of the 100 most influential real estate leaders in the country. And she's been featured in many publications, including USA Today, after nearly losing her life in 2013 and spending almost a half a million dollars to get it back. She is changing the world. She's on a mission to change the world, uh, again, by inspiring others to build extraordinary wealth and optimal health. By sharing her extreme successes and her failures, Christina reveals the elusive secrets of the uber wealthy and why health is where to invest first. Enjoy the show. Well, welcome to the Visibly Fit Podcast, Christina. It is so awesome to have you here. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you. You're welcome. My goodness. We have um, had a little bit of time getting to know one another. We met, gosh, maybe a little over a year ago at an event and you and I sat next to each other at um, mealtime and we just hit it off. We were talking about health and money and your health is your true wealth. And I'm like, yeah, that's what I talk about too. And you're like, yeah, me too. Anyway, it was just so good. But you went from you know, financial despair and on your deathbed to a multimillionaire and in peak health. And we want to talk all about that and how there's a, a correlation with health and wealth. And so let's just jump right into it with figuring out and hearing what you discovered. Uh, I, I'd call it your, your deathbed discovery. There were two things you really discovered. Let's, let's jump in there and then we'll just unravel this and unpack it in the conversation. I, you know, for me, the big awareness was, or let's say even lack of awareness that gets us. And, and, you know, I would say that God calls our bluff that we think we know all these things and, and, you know, we're after doing us the way we do us and all of us, and we're maybe betraying all this natural laws. And all of a sudden, you know, we get knocked out at the knees by the two by four, because we're not paying attention. We're just not aware, or we're just betraying, you know, betraying, the laws of nature and have to deal with those consequences. So one of those for me was my health. You know, I, I, I thought I was healthy, which was kind of the irony of it because I was, but I was overtraining. I was running marathons. I was super stressed all the time. I was, I was just in the achievement game. And part of that is, you know, what I, what I was doing is I was really sacrificing my health and just using my body in a way like a machine, so to speak, uh, until it just couldn't sustain anymore. But that's where, where I wasn't aware. The reason why I tell that story is because I found myself, you know, my, I've always been an entrepreneur and just a go-getter and a high achiever, achiever. sort of type, type A 
high-performing overachievers. You know, I would have had the poster, I would have been the poster child for the entrepreneurial success story, the rags to riches, you know, the, all of that, that I was a pinnacle of success and bootstrapped my way to high, high levels of success. Named one of top 100 uh, influencers in the real estate industry, right? A real estate leader. You know, and it could have been anything, right? It, it wouldn't have mattered. That's the industry I was in, but I was just motivated by money, motivated by achievement and really propelled by that need for external gratification. Like, you know, my self-worth and self-value came from others' judgment of me, you know? So the more successful I got, I thought I would feel more valuable. I thought I'd feel more worthy, but every echelon I got to, I never felt any difference. So I thought it must be at the next level, next level after that, next level after that. So it's just, con it was a constant, what I call just a push energy, a force energy, and, you know, sleep, I just thought sleep was for the week. I'll sleep when I die. Yeah. Sleep when I die. Right. Yeah. Uh -huh. And, but I would have been, like I said, the entrepreneurial success story, like on a poster. But what I didn't know is that I was just completely out of balance. So then when I got really ill, just out of the blue, I mean, I was doing a, a keynote, a key talk performance to the top industry leaders and getting standing ovation. And within three days, I couldn't walk. I couldn't talk. I couldn't sleep and I couldn't get out of bed. Like I had no idea I was sick. But what that taught me, what I the, kind of the awareness that came out of that is like what we talked about is what I realized that in the pursuit of achievement and money, even though I teach money and I'm a kind of a money coach, if you will, I made I made life all about the money and everything else got sacrificed. So I learned that no matter how much money and success that I had, when I didn't have my health, none of it mattered. And I would, I would have, I did, I gave up all the money to save my life and spend it. I gave up the success to get my shit back together. And because none of it mattered except my health, because I realized full on right there that I was, I was chasing the wrong things. I was chasing, chasing external reward versus internal gratification, satisfaction, and joy and happiness. That's all internal. Yeah, right. Um, well, Todd and I have been watching Limitless with Chris um, Helmsworth. I don't know if you've been watching that at all, but it's it's a series and it's so great because we just watched uh, one the other night and it was about acceptance and it was about acceptance of of aging and and just that we are all going to die right at some point, but just acceptance of I am enough, right? And acceptance of of what do you really want in in your life and what do you want to look like and what really matters and like you're saying it's from the internal out it's it's who are we and 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 I would say who are we and whose are we in in God's eyes and and um a lot of it is is that we don't know who we are and so we're we're trying to to run this race and you you like really ran it and you 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 ran your body into the ground but then there's the other opposite end of um, maybe someone listening that hasn't moved their body at all. So there's the two ends of the spectrum where your body will break down, right? So that's coming to that middle ground for your, in particular, you know, your body, your, your um, desired goals that, that would keep you in a place of, of being healthy and thus creating better wealth, a better wealth system, but you can't do it on your deathbed. And so when you were um, in bed, what, what, what did you have? What was going on with your body? Well, you know, first of all, you know, what's so interesting is that like my healing journey ended up being such a spiritual journey. And the first, the first part of that, like I wouldn't let go. Like I just wanted to be back where I was. I wanted to get better so I can get back where I was. And then that went, this is what you knew. Yeah. This is what I knew. And then the longer it went on, I had to face myself because the first part of the struggle, you know, there was a physical piece, which was awful, 
the the emotional spiritual piece was like, who am I if I'm not performing? You know, and I really had to face that. Like, what if I can never do that again? Like, and there was that, I don't know who I am. I don't, do I have any value in the world? Am I worthwhile? You know, and finally getting to the place of of acceptance to use your word, like, oh yeah, I am. I I am just because I am and I'm a good person and I'm these things. And and it was finally when I just accepted that and let go to say, I just need to let go and accept who I am and learn to love myself. And the, and the, the piece to that, and that's actually, ironically, when I started getting better, like I fought, I'd like put in that hard fight for so long because I'd fought for everything my entire life for, because to fight, to really get back to that other life is when I finally let go and just learn to love myself and just to get to this place of love and acceptance and understanding and, and what is joy and what is the meaning of life and who am I without those accolades? That's when I started to heal, which is funny enough, right? No, I think that's beautiful. And it and it reminds me of um, some talks I've done. I talk about uh, relaxed intensity and I think of it as, as a river flowing, right? When we are in the right zone and, and treating and caring for our body in the right way, mind, body, spirit, emotionally, then we begin to flow. We begin to flow in how we're supposed to go, but it's an intentional direction, right? A river goes in an intentional direction. And so that's where you discovered that you became uh, more who you were created to be and you were in the flow. You didn't have to strive and, and work so hard. And, and I know, you know, your, your background, you came from uh, more of a poverty um, type of situation. So to have money was like, I conquered, and this is, you know, this is your identity. And so to overcome all that is big. And so now with, with knowing both sides of the coin, you have become just really a master at understanding money and understanding how, how the wealth and the health aspect are connected. And so um, let's talk a little bit about how you work with individuals. And I know you work mainly with, with entrepreneurs, but you also work with, I mean, other people, they're just wanting to understand their finances, right? Like I think of single moms or, or whatever that just don't have a grasp on, on their money situation. What do you do when you talk through and, and as, as you're a money coach, what do you do when you talk through money with, with people? Yeah. I mean, the big thing with money. So after, you know, I, I made it to the side, if you will, and I really started to understand just through my own anecdotal experience that health and wealth are like the same thing. Like, and, and so much so that when I started doing some research on this and look at kind of the etymology of the word wealth comes back from wheel, W-E-I-L, which is health. So they actually share the same lineage of like narrative that when you say health is wealth, it, it, that's that was the beginning. Health really was wealth. And then, you know, wealth became a derivative of that. So when we, when I started to really deconstruct this, I noticed that they're so aligned, you know, they're just, they are so much the same thing. They're just reflected differently kind of in this 3D world, if you will. When I started to look at that, then there became this more of this understanding of, oh, that's this integration that, you know, we, to live a good life, we have to have a healthy body, mind, and spirit. That does that's not necessarily easy, but it's just part, it's just the law that, that we have to take care of, of ourselves. And I, I didn't have the awareness before I got sick of what that required. Hence, I got taken out pretty, you know, pretty, and that's it. And like I said, that many times I know you had your accident, for example, and, 
And we just don't realize how important it is to take care of our health until we've had a consequence. That's that piece. At the same time, like going through my situation where I was fortunate, I guess, is that that I had the financial resources that enabled me to pay for the level of care that it took to actually reverse and get me back to where I am today, because it, it was undiagnosed for a long time because it wasn't obvious and it was cash. So, you know, I, I noticed that too, is that where I didn't care about the money, like I used to, like it had a different meaning. The meaning of my money was real. Like I had it there. I could pay for the best doctors. I could, I could pay to, to, you know, to, for everything that it took. And that's, I, I was lucky because if I didn't have this financial resource now, lucky in the sense I built it and had it right. But I see so many people I work with that just be, you know, they have a health condition and then there aren't the financial resources that make it that much more stressful. And so, you know, over time, you know, just through life, if we can live by this understanding or maybe a truth that, you know, we need our health and we need money to live like a fully integrated, healthy life together, financial wellness is equally important. And without that lack of awareness and understanding, we're going to reach some part of our life where, again, there's that just that crisis, that financial crisis where, you know, the the lack of money causes serious problems. And so the only way to avoid that is to learn about money and learn its importance and its meaning and get good with it to make sure that when life happens, hopefully life is hard enough. We don't have to have it exacerbated by the financial piece as well. No, that's so good, Christina. And, you know, it's interesting because it's, is it, you know, the chicken or the egg kind of thing, right? Like, like a lot of times people will say, oh yeah, I'd love to do that, but I don't have the money. And yet if you don't do it, and don't understand that the investment for your health is vital, then you're going to crumble and fall, and then you're going to need to do it eventually. So what would you say to the person that is like, you know, maybe not in a healthy place physically, and um, they keep putting off the very thing that they should invest in, which would be their health in order to actually get to their wealth goals? Um, What would you say to that person? Because I've heard time and time again that Oh, you know, once this project gets done, then I'll then I'll do that. Or it's always, you know, an if then, but they're last. They put their themselves last. What would you say to that person? Well, there's a couple of things is that, you know, when we go back to value in a way, to love and value, you know, we're loving valuing other things more than we love and value ourselves. So a lot of this is a self-love piece. And only we can fix that piece, right? A doctor can't fix it. We can go work on emotional health and different things. But I learned that again, like going through my deathbed experience, I had to learn how to love myself. And, and, but when we truly love ourselves, so we can learn to love our bodies and what are the, the magic. I mean, talk about God. I mean, we're just, just these intel, our bodies are so intelligent, way beyond our ability to understand it. Even the smartest doctors can't understand the intelligence, you know, of our bodies. So, you know, when we can learn to love ourselves and love and appreciate our bodies, like really appreciate that and put that on the forefront of what we care about, knowing how important our health is, it starts there. So then when, if we can put meaning and importance to our health and our body and love of self and wanting to take care of self because we love of self and how that love of self uh, projects out into the world through good living 
and loving others and having others love us and experience like everything we do with our bodies. The ripple effect, yeah. The ripple effect is that when we can really love our bodies that way, and like I say, levels of importance, if we if we were to score that, is it more important than I don't know, Netflix? Is our body more important than a fancy new car? Is our body more important than maybe the biggest house on the block? Is our body more important than these other things we're spending I'm money I'm going to say on? yes, yes, and yes. <laughs> right, but we're not thinking that. Right. So when we say we can't afford it, we can't afford to take care of ourselves, we really need to look at ourselves and say, really? Yeah. Because the money's there for most of us. The We have the money. We're just choosing to spend it somewhere else. Yep, yep. And that's the trade-off. We're trading our health for something else, the, the new car, the emblem on the clothes, the shoes, the bags. The And there's nothing yeah. wrong with spending money. It's just saying that the money's probably there. It's probably just, you're just spending it somewhere with an excuse, I can't afford it. Yeah, But you can absolutely reality. positively afford working with you, for example, or whatever it is when we have health issues, we can figure out a way to afford it one way or another, but it, we won't figure out that way. We won't change our spending habits. We won't change these things if we don't put the importance of self right up there at the top. That's true. I posted something the other day and I said, you know, disease thoughts lead to a diseased body. Uh, do you believe the same to be true with, with your finances? You know, disease thoughts about your finances leads to a, a, a cracked, diseased uh, financial bank account. Well, disease, I'd say diseased, if, if we looked at diseased money, uh, I'd say that's that'd be more the mindset piece. And yeah. so, you know, where we're diseased just means where we're, our thinking's off. That's and right. where our thinking's off is usually where we find, get ourselves into trouble one way or another. But yeah, so that's our mindset. And when it happens with mindset, our minds are set by the time we're seven to 10 years old. You know, we sit here and we speak English because our parents spoke English to us. And that's, we didn't choose to speak English. We're speaking it because that's the environment we grew up in. So when it comes to money, we're really living, we're still living those mindsets that were given to us as children. So if they're not really, if they've never been looked at and it's not really serving us, they might be need to be examined. But I'd say mm. that would be like the mind, the mind part of money. If we look at the mind, body and spirit, that's the mind part. And those, yeah, those diseased thoughts can absolutely positively turn into or money habits. Yeah. And do you think um, that there's a, hmm, you think it's like a, sometimes there's a fear of money or maybe it's just an unhealthy love of it um, for most people? I mean, I'm just curious when you're working with, with your clients and stuff around money. There's usually, yeah, there's usually, you know, there's, there's typically always a good amount of fear until somebody's done the work. I mean, the kind of the takeaway here is we have to do our work with money. Like we have to do our work with everything else, right? It's a life skill. That's not obvious. What's obvious is to make money and to spend it. Nothing beyond money is obvious after that. Yeah. So what we go, we go into adulthood long into adulthood without really, really understanding of the operations of money, which means we're probably never going to have the wealth and you know, that we, all want without some type of study and practice of that. Yeah, the the mindset piece comes from a lot of fear, but it's it's that for most people, money wasn't safe. So we're these, you know, we're still these adolescent children playing around in adult bodies until we really work on those adaptive children. And you know, I call it adulthood. And adulthood, oh, there's these there's these topics of 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 adults that parenting is. You know, if you're gonna have care, if you're gonna have kids. Adulting is learning parenting, you know, adulting is learning money. Adulting is learning how to take care of your health because all these things are required to live 
you know, a, a good, you know, above average life. The fear of peace comes out of more or less a lack of safety. For most people, money was not a safe topic. So they either heard their parents argue about it all the time. So it wasn't safe there. Or maybe if the parents were divorced, one parent talked about the other parent, like in my situation of how bad they were because they never paid any child support or they never did this and there was never enough money. So money was always this topic that was not safe. And, you know, and there's always some negative connotation with it one way or another. So again, we're pulling that those, you know, those same kind of beliefs and mindsets and into adulthood, still living them out. We're just living them out a little bit differently. So that's, that's what I see mostly is that, that, you know, we, our nervous system is all oriented around safety. So if money's not a safe subject, what are we going to do? We're going to avoid it. We're going to procrastinate it. We're going to be afraid to talk about it. We're going to be afraid to, you know, bring it up in a conversation with our spouse or, you know, it's just, that's where the fear is. It's just this real fear of just even the conversation itself. I think that that's yeah spot on. And I would say it's equally true with, with health topics. You know, if food was an issue in the home or if one was unhealthy, one parent was unhealthy, or if they enabled the child and, and gave them treats a lot and it became that, yeah, it, it's just so fascinating to me. It's all emotional and, and spiritual and it's, it's just fascinating, but here's, here's what I want to ask you. Um, there's, there's sometimes, and maybe you've had uh, clients like this as well, that you've worked with them and they put into action and it worked and then they move on to something else because, well, it's just not fun anymore and they want to try something new. And, and it's like, well, but wait a minute, that worked, but it's not fun anymore. Well, tough, do it anyway. I feel like going David Goggins style, like do it anyway. It's the discipline, right? And that's the same with the workouts, the same way with, with your financial um, um, you know, health. So what would you say to that person that keeps to, that likes to keep keeping it fresh, so to speak, and, and jumping to this, to that, to the other, what would you say to that person? Yeah. I just say there, there's, there's fundamentals of life that it's just the way it is, whether you like it or not, it's irrelevant. I think, you know, yeah. we've all used the example of gravity, whether you like gravity or not, gravity doesn't care. You jump off a 10 story building you know, whether we get tired of gravity or it's not novel and fun anymore, what gravity, gravity doesn't care, doesn't care. <laughs> right. period end of story. And that's just, that's just the way it is. And so, you know, when it comes to health, our bodies to, are designed, we need sleep, we need nutrients, you know, we need good quality water. Like that's just the way it is. And so granted, we can go on a 12 week intense program and start doing all those things, be like, yeah, now we don't keep it. But again, the body's going to go right back to the place of illness, or it's going to start moving that way. And it's, we're always kind of going against that because the easy thing is to eat bonbons, sit front in front of Netflix. We want to do what we want to do. Same with our financial health. We want it. We want that handbag right now. I don't care. I want it now. So yeah, it's just, it's all the same as all intertwined. And so that's really one of the reasons I really wanted to have you on today is because you're, you're just so uh, you're such a, an expert in this field and you're so gracious and kind with the people that you work with. And, and you're just so knowledgeable because you've been on both sides of the spectrum, you get it and you understand the mindset uh, behind it all. And so I want to empower uh, those that are listening um, with, with your um, just mastering of the skill. And I know that you have a financial quiz that would be um, beneficial for anyone to go to. And that's at wisemoneymethod.com slash quiz. Is that correct? 
Yeah, and it's it's a fun little quiz. So I say I say it's to test your financial IQ, and people will be like, "Well, is that a lot of math?" You know, they associate with an IQ. It's ten easy, fun questions. It's almost like a little personality profile. So the quiz is fun. What's really interesting about that quiz is now thousands of people have taken it, and the average score is about twenty six percent. So that in a hundred percent, what? Okay, that means twenty at hundred percent. That means you know you can be teaching this stuff. Yeah. But, you know, so if we just look at it, like if it, you know, hundred percent at school, 90%, you know, 80% to B, 70% is a C yeah. people are way failing. They failed. <laughs> They're way in the D category. Like, so, and that's, so the average are, you know, and these are these, and these are successful people. So this is you and I, you know, the, all of us listening that living life, making decent money, living, you know, growing families, good humans, and it we're our average score is a D. So that's it's just interesting. There's room for improvement. It's good. There's room for improvement. And you can just look at the statistics. When we look at US statistics, financial statistics, my score, the scores I see on these financial, this little financial IQ is really representative of the fact that, you know, most people, you know, earn credit card debt and less than 10% can, you know, live more than two or three years off just their savings. And so I can go into a lot of data. So that's what's nice about the quiz is just to get, a, it's like for you, it's like stepping on the scale. You know, right. you've added on a few pounds, you circle the scale, circle the scale. You don't want the truth. You don't want the truth. And all of a sudden you step, I just, I just need the truth. I need to step on the scale and take that lab work. So we know where we're starting from. Yeah. So that's what this is. It's like stepping on the scale. Now what's the, so that's just, it's a fun little quiz. Now attached to the quiz is a little, is a workbook. And so I encourage really anybody listening to take the quiz just to get your score, but to do the workbook. And this workbook is really illuminating and eye-opening. And what it helps you do, it helps you answer what I believe is the most important money question that anybody can ever ask. And we don't even know we should ask be asking it. That, and it, yeah. it's the number, this, how we answer this question, this number is what all of our other money um, numbers reflect or are derived from. And the the answer, the question is, is how much money is enough? And it's really important because we need to know how much money is enough. How much money does it cost to live a good life? And I bet a lot of people don't know that number. Very few people know. We don't even know we should ask it. So if I'm mm -hmm. saying it's the most important money question you can ever ask and have an answer to, yet very few people I ever talk to have any clue what that might be. That's the starting place. And by starting there and asking yourself that question and the workbook will help you get your answer with some very simple math that you can do on your iPhone and plugging in some numbers that will start getting you on a, what I call just financial awareness to financial wellness and awareness, where now you've got some understanding of like, okay, this is what I'm oblivious to and continue to stay oblivious is probably not going to work out for me, just like with our health. And if I'm going to stay oblivious to, you know, too much sugar and the consequences of that, there's going to come a day where, you know, it's yeah, not going to be keep so your pretty. head stuck in the sand. So I, exactly. I love that. And, and the fact that you even asked that, that question makes people think and, and not because I think a lot of times when it comes to money, people are like, well, sky's the limit. I want it all, you know, the abundance, but no, what, what do you, what are you really after H having that, that, that number in mind will really help to uh, probably lock it in. And then you can uh, look at 
you know, more after that. But once you notice your happy zone, if you will, I think that's that's really cool. Um, you also wrote an Amazon bestseller called Falling for Money, a romance novel for your bank account. So um, that that book has been out for a little while, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I wrote that when I actually first came out of my illness. That was like the first thing that I wrote that actually put me on the path that I am today. Is just mm. I I wrote that book therapeutic, and, therapeutic, and realized like you know I think I can see I can help some people here. Yeah, and that's that's yeah that's the beginning of the work that I do today. That's so cool. Well, I know your heart and you do, you want to help people. You generally want to help people get to their, their next level uh, in their health and their wealth. And so um, thank you for, for just sharing a little bit uh, with us today. And, and those of you listening, go again to wisemoneymethod.com forward slash quiz. Um, but thanks so much for spending time with us before we let you go. I always like to just ask a fun question of, you know, people that don't know you, maybe the listeners don't know you, but if maybe someone does know you, what would be something that they don't know about you that might be a little fun fact about Christina? You know, that's so funny. I asked that question on my podcast too. I've never <laughs> been asked back like, oh my and God. I, and I was on your podcast. I love that. I love that. <laughs> you know, I think just kind of a, a silly one is that when people find this out about me, they're always like, wait, what? Christina, you do what? And I'm a candy crush addict. So what? I, no, wait, now that I'm about to say what that, that is a waste of time, Christina, what are you talking about? You do candy crush. It's my, it's my little, that's what I do. I can, if I just do, if I'm going to chill out to an episode at night, I'll put on my candy crush and it's the way I zone. And I just, I just can escape into my candy crush. And that's hilarious. Yeah, you're like, wait, what? You don't do candy crush. I'm like, yeah, that's my that's candy crush. And pleasure. she admits it. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> Well, you are the best. Really appreciate you. And I know I'll be seeing you really soon in Utah. So um, appreciate our friendship and appreciate all you're doing for, for just um, people to get healthy and wealthy uh, with their, with their bodies and with their financial bank accounts. So thanks for being on Visibly Fit. My pleasure. Thank you so much. Well, that's a wrap for today's show. So thank you so much for tuning in. I love spending this time with you. To learn more and get more free resources, just head on over to wendypet.com. And thank you in advance for sharing this episode and this podcast, following and subscribing, not only to this podcast, but finding me on social media, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, wherever you are, I'm probably there too. Until next week in our next podcast time together, make it a visibly fit day.